Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, welcome to Out of the Blue from Maze and Brew, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. The podcast that doesn't always make sense, but makes more sense than Urban Meyer teaching a leadership course. I am Jared Stormer of mazeandbrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate, also of mazeandbrew.com. Andy, you demigod brought forth by the Mayflower and deposit unto this great land. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I was recently at an Applebee's this weekend and people tried to pull me on the dance floor, but I held them off and resisted, you know, because I had to get home to the old wife. That's, that's character and leadership there, folks. Saying no to, a, to rubbing your hands up and down a woman's butt crack at an Applebee's is leadership. Personified. No, man, I'm great. Still riding high from the victory. Looking forward to talking about that game and, you know, looking ahead to our old friend, Scott Frost. Ah, Scott Frost. We will get there in time. Uh, man, what a great week to talk about Michigan football. Where do you want to start with this one? We are 5-0 and after a 38-17 victory in Camp Randall in Madison. The first time Jim Harbaugh has done such. The first time Jim Harbaugh has beaten an underdog on the road. Uh, you know, exercised a lot of demons with this one. And it was kind of a beatdown physically and on the scoreboard. Yeah, Michigan came out and they wanted to, you know, be like and be the physical team here. That's what Harbaugh came to Michigan to do. That was his staple at Stanford with the 49ers. And I believe the message to the team this week was we want to steal their physicality. We want to steal their home field. We want to steal jump around. And they stole everything and more from this team. Absolutely. So we were saying, and we said at the beginning of the season, even after Washington, we're like, after this game, talk to me about this team and I'll let you know what this team is. 
Uh, we said we were waiting to reserve judgment. The time has come and gone. I think it's time to do another round of what we know, what we think we know, and what we still need to see, if you're up for it. Absolutely. Let's go. All right. What we know in this one, Mike McDonald is the absolute real deal, the calm genius, the the mathematical savant over there, never getting too high or too low. Uh, what he's done for this defense, uh, number six scoring defense in the nation, should be number two minus some garbage time points. Incredible. And uh, we, we got a steal with him. Absolutely, and the defense continues to get better. They're still adapting to a new scheme, and we're only five games into it, so they're only going to learn and be able to do more in this improv-heavy style. So I'll further your point and say what we do know is David Ojabo is a bona fide number two. Like He is a number one on most teams, but he has taken the leap we've been looking for for a few years now, and he's ascended, led the team in tackles, sacks, tackles for loss, and forced fumbles. And a career game for David Ojabo. Couldn't be happier to see it. Yes, great point. We were texting about that during the game. We wanted to see a little bit more after Rutgers. You kind of saw it coming on. Aiden Hutchinson is, as you said in your article, go check that out on mazenbrew.com. Andy's got Thanks, a couple sir. out there right now that are very good. Uh, he's all universe. He's going to be getting double teamed every time because if you don't, he makes tackles look silly on his own. So we needed someone to step up on the other side. Ojabo looks more than capable and looks... I mean, it, it's just two games, but against Rutgers in Wisconsin looks above average. Um, I love his fight, his tenacity to the ball. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. Um, starting to get a bit of an arsenal too. I think that that's a really good one-two pass rush, rushing punch. Um, I'll throw one more on there, and you talked about this in your article. Actually, we could throw a lot more on there. The culture. <laughs> Uh, starting yes. with, you know, starting with early on in this game, going forward on fourth down twice, going on your own, what is it, 34 yard line early First on? First drive, that? just setting the tone. Just putting your onions on the table early on. Um, they do end up punting on another four, or excuse me, they, they miss the next fourth down, um, but we win that field position battle anyway. The aggressiveness there to the jump around on the sidelines while, you know, Wisconsin's just sitting there twiddling their thumbs. Um, to just the comments afterwards, the culture is night and day. Absolutely, and it, it echoes to the halftime speech. Jim Harbaugh didn't have to give one because the team leaders rallied in themselves and were on top of everybody, accountable, no panic, and he's like, I'm not going to speak to this team. They have it on their own. Just stayed out of the way, which you never hear from a head coach. And it was perfect because they came out unfazed. And in Michigan teams past, if they'd given up those two late passes and scores, they would have crumbled in the second half and kind of ridden that wave all the way down. And so it was a really tight game. But yeah, the culture on this team is <laughs> infectious and I mean, as good as any culture's ever been at Michigan. Yes, I'm with you there. Aiden Hutchinson playing a huge role in that, hearing a lot of stuff about him just taking charge, pushing guys to get into the weight room more, um, guys on offense stepping up, Cade McNamara being a voice for them. So night and day with the culture. Uh, anything else that you are absolutely sure of after this game? We already said we were sure about Cade McNamara, so I'm not going to keep driving that home, although we do need to set aside five minutes for a quarterback discussion in this pod if you're up for it. Yeah, ab you know I'm there up was, for that. There was just too much too much talk about it for us to ignore it entirely. <laughs> I have to get one thing off my chest. Aiden Hutchinson Euro-stepped a left tackle. Just <laughs> Euro-stepped him and made a play. It's like, you single him and it's a nightmare. Aiden Hutchinson is the best defensive end since Brandon Graham at Michigan. Full stop. The end. End of tweet. I agree. I've, I'm with End you. End. I've been there since pretty early on this season. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Uh, I think he's better than Kayvon Thibodeau. I might be might be biased here. Oh, I've got one more. Now, this one could fall into what we think we know. 
But last week we challenged in this podcast, Dax Hill to be a playmaker. We're like, great player. Yes. Playmaker. Eh, we'll see in the second half of this game. He answered the bell playmaker Dax Hill. I'm going to go with something we know. Cause we kind of figured it was there. He just needed that breakout game and we had it. I'm going to go one further into something. I think I know. I think we have a star at every level of the defense because Josh Ross coming back set an absolute tone with the neck roll. Oh my God. I've never seen a player more apt to wear one and it just fits. And there's a difference when he's on the field and when he's not. You saw that in the second half of Rutgers. He comes in, he's the signal caller on the defense, setting people up. I think I know that we have a star at each level with Dax being the other one in the secondary. Yep, I'm with you there. Uh, that could almost fringe on something I, I know because I do yeah. believe in Josh Ross this year. He looks like a different player, and I love Junior Colson. So, yeah, you could convince me either way. Uh, one thing I think I know, Roman Wilson should be our new deep ball, the one-on-one -on -one, uh, when we're taking deep shots, the contested ball one-on-one -on -one guy. Um, Cornelius Johnson had a good game in this, but actually Cornelius Johnson could have had a monster game. Um, you know, there were a couple that he left on the field and Roman Wilson gets a shot. His one on one opportunity adjusts to the ball, comes back to it on an underthrown ball because Cade got hit as he was releasing and he makes the play. Uh, Cornelius Johnson had several of those where it's a one on one. You just got to beat your guy this year and he hasn't been able to do it. His catches, uh, except for later in this game, which we'll get to, yeah. he does it later in this game. But Roman Wilson, um, maybe that guy. I don't know, at least on the table to get more. Roman Wilson's a more physical receiver, seems to embrace the contact a little bit more and be aggressive and nasty with the corners. Uh, CJ, not so much yet. He's definitely been, you know, the one to produce in the red zone. And I mean, on that deep ball is just perfect. So if he has a, an ounce of separation, he's going to just contribute. I like that a lot. Uh, one thing I think I know, I think Eric all is going to have a huge game this season. I'm talking like, eight for 120 and two tutties. Like it just, it just, he keeps flashing, keeps flashing. It's like there's only a matter of time until he takes that step. That's like the one thing you and I have been kind of pushing for that hasn't happened. I mean, cause now they're starting to get quorum involved more as a receiver. That was something we wanted to see. Um, I'd like to maybe see some AJ Henning um, catches just to get yeah. him a little bit more comfortable catching the football, but really Eric all uh, being a more um, active part of this passing offense is the last, I think big piece. Cause he's a mismatch. You're absolutely right. You see the flashes. Don't think he has a drop this year, which was the big knock against him last year. He's been very consistent uh, coming across the middle. There's just not a linebacker that I know of in the big 10. That's going to be able to run with that guy. And then he's six, three and go up and make a good catch. So, I agree with you there. Um, I had one more, something that I think, oh, I think A.J. Henning could be a star in the making as a return man. Anytime he gets the ball, he can make a play. And again, our special teams has been ridiculously good. Jay Moody hitting 48 yarders at Camp Randall. Brad Robbins hitting bombs. Joey Velasquez on the recovery. Just all around great job by the special teams and Jay Harbaugh. But, you know, I'm, I'm with you on AJ hitting. We always talk about it when it gets close to Ohio State that you need that game-breaking punt return just to keep with tradition. Jabril got close. DPJ got close. Hopefully, AJ has a chance just so we can keep up with it. You know, I like that a lot. And I'm going to go, one thing I think I know, I think we have a shutdown corner on this team, but I don't know who it is. Mm, interesting. I would still put that in things I need to see. So yeah. that was my last I think I know. So we'll, we'll talk about that. You say you think you know. I still need to see it. I still need to see that we have a shutdown. I think it's been, if I had to pick which one, I think it's Vincent Gray. 
yes. uh, is trending that way. Vincent Gray is an excellent on-ball uh, defender and a strong tackler. I don't know that he has like the ball skills to be an elite shutdown guy. I don't know that he's going to get a ton of picks, ton of pass breakups, but I think he can stay with his man. Most receivers in the country. We'll see. We got some beasts coming up and Reed from Michigan State, Dotson from Penn State, and then the triumvirate there at Ohio State. So we'll see how he holds up against the – he hasn't faced his best receiving threats yet is all I'm Correct. saying. Correct, and so. I'm glad they get the receivers later in the season so he can really adapt to like the scheme and everything, yeah. how they're going to play. So that kind of bodes well for him. And, no, it's been great to see his resurgence. God, I mean, he was bad last year. And my favorite stat of the defense this past week, zero penalties. <sighs> That's crazy. That yeah, is absolutely no. crazy, and it should be zero turnovers except our third, fourth-string quarterback threw one. Bowman! Alan Bowman! <laughs> Couldn't believe. Uh, it's only because Andrew Anthony fell down. That's the only reason it happened. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, Anthony fell down right there on the cross, and Bowman just gifted one. It's like, yeah, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't really want to count that. Um, anything else that you still don't quite know yet? That's, I don't know how we'll stop a high-powered passing offense. Okay, that kind of goes into what I was saying. I don't know that we have a lockdown corner yet. Um, I don't know what happens. Like, I I, I like Dax Hill in coverage a lot, but he was our only scorer, really, in this game, other than the garbage time one. He got beat twice in a row. Well, you know, beat in quotation marks. When you get a ball worthy of, you know, Tom Brady dropped in a bucket over top, it's like, it's it's really tough to pick on that. And that's that way. I think we still have one corner, but, you know, what's one shutdown corner when there's Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, you know? So it's like, I still need to see, like, everybody in the secondary. And out of the facilities is a lot of praise for Brad Hawkins. And I heard a lot of praise for Gamon Green as well. And I think that just goes to the fact that you don't hear their names that much. Just mm-hmm. kind of, like, quietly shutting people down and taking things away, so allowing a lot of sacks to happen in the backfield. So, not getting the praise, but doing their part. I think you could add RJ Moten into that list too. I haven't said his name negatively this year, and he's been on the field a lot. Yeah, there was uh, Mike McDonald was on John Jansen's podcast, and I believe it was him that talked about just got to do your your job of your or as Nikai Hill Green said it, just got to do your one eleventh on the field. That's all you have to do, nothing more. Just do your one eleventh, and everybody else will take care of themselves. And I was like, I adore that. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, before we get to stuff around the Big Ten. We haven't done this yet this week. Um, We'll touch on our predictions. Uh, Last week, we both underestimated how much we were going to beat Wisconsin, but we are both undefeated on the year and calling these games. Um, Also undefeated on the spreads when we have called the spreads. Um, So I had this one at 17-13. You had it at 24-10. We just underestimated how much we were going to beat them down. Um, Players of the game, I had Cade McNamara on offense, and the call of the week goes to me on this one i'm gonna award it to myself because <laughs> i said Cade mcnamara is, is gonna throw for 191 and two touchdowns Cade mcnamara's final line 197 two touchdowns let's go great job by you sir as soon as it happened we were texting I'm like you, you nailed this one and you want to have the quarterback discussion uh i will yeah yeah but i want to get uh before we get into that i want to get um who wh- what was the, the the turning point of this game and who the hell do you pick as a player of the game because I just rewatched it again, and I was trying to pick the turning point in this game and who the player of the game is. It's tough to give either. Turning points, the hit on Graham Mertz. I agree. I think. That was exactly <laughs> what I put. I was like, if I had to pick one moment, it's the injury. 
Yeah, it's the huge hit by Dax and Josh Ross also just blowing past their running back, trying to trying to help out and pass, bro. That swung at Michigan scores next, and then it just pours on after that. So yeah. I think it goes to that. Players of the game, the defense, you go Ojabo because of the stat line, but I think it's a unit thing. And offensively, it's got to be Cade Mack, baby. It's got to be Cade Mack. I'm, I'm with you, but it was tough because it could be Hutch. He was PFF's highest graded player of the, of the entire football week. Mm-hmm. Um, just devastating, even though he didn't have the sack on this one. He was making guys look silly and cleared things up for Ojabo. He's disqualified, though. It's like having Michael Jordan on the Bulls and giving player of the game. It is to that (laughs) level. It is to that level with him at this point. Um, And then Dax Hill gets beat on our only real meaningful score there right after the the half, uh, after the squib kick, which some people didn't like, but I had no problem with being aggressive. Um, He gives up two plays and then comes out like a fire-breathing dragon in the second half and like if i had to pick a player i was almost leaning to dax he gets the pick he has a huge pass breakup he takes mertz out of the game um he's draped all over everybody Uh, another tackle for loss there in the second half so tough to pick a player but i mean that's a good problem to have unsung heroes on this defense by the way defensive tackles (laughs) chris hinton and mike morris especially chris hinton had Hinton had one of his best games. Mike Morris played well. Mozzie Smith played well. So that was one of our biggest concerns on this defense. And this was a big test for them at that interior line. And they just rose to the occasion. Yeah, uh, but I agree. Cade Mack on offense, especially uh, after all of the talk. And that we will get into that in just a moment because we need to have five minutes on the quarterbacks. But first, got to take a moment to talk about our homies over at Home Field Apparel. Been working with them for a while. Been wearing them for a while. The stuff's affordable and it is comfortable. And the selection is really what's got me with them. It becomes a problem because there are so many options. The Michigan collection, you can go old school, you can go new school, and you can get 20% off your first purchase with MNB at checkout when you go to Home Field Apparel. That's two P's, one L.com. All right, a moment on the quarterbacks because the I, I deleted a lot of like the people on Twitter that were being negative. Now I, I get on Twitter just to... To, for reaffirming statements of joy about Michigan football. And <laughs> early on in this game, it was people clamoring for J.J. McCarthy, like one drive into this thing. And I, I just want to take a moment here because it's ridiculous. And you and I have been pretty well um, spoken about the fact that we think it's ridiculous that you would call for a quarterback change when you're 5-0. and But let, let, let's just take a moment to talk about why you're riding with Cade Mack this season. Okay, I've been dubbed by one commenter as a J.J. McCarthy fanboy, which I kind of appreciate, and I might just lean into it. It can and, be, both uh, things can be true. I am also a fanboy of J.J. McCarthy. I don't want him to start right now. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. I'll give you several reasons why Cade Mack has to be a starter. One, he's led this team through camp and has had nothing but praise from the team and the locker room. They believe in him, and they support him. Two, he never turns the ball over. He is a very efficient passer. That's what he does. He takes care of the ball. The play in the end zone where he felt the rush, evaded it, stepped up, found Corum, just turned to a receiver, is epitomizes that. It's the quintessential Cade McNamara play. Three, he's damn good. He's not bad. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, guys. It's like he's making plays down the field. He hit Cornelius Johnson on the deep shot. Second half might have been his best football of his career. He never turns the ball over. He's protective. If McCarthy comes in there and throws an interception, Twitter's going to want his head just hung out in the market. You don't put a freshman quarterback out there to start in a game. It's all right. We're undefeated. Keep this thing going for us. It's okay. 
No, I like the way they mix them in. It didn't affect Cade's rhythm at all. And as long as that didn't happen, I'm fine with getting him some experience, getting him some run. But to start, let's come on. Come Guys, on. What are we doing here? That is ridiculous. It's also the laziest fan take. That is like if you had to to write the encyclopedia of lazy fan takes, one A in the it'd be in the appendix would be start the backup. <laughs> You wouldn't even get to chapter one. It is in the appendix. Like the laziest fan take is we'll be better if we just start the backup because he has five stars. Like he's been in camp. They've been practicing. The whole team has seen it. And everyone is saying we're riding with Cade. Like, yeah, yeah, that JJ kid's good. But like we're riding with Cade. And you think that you know more because of the five snaps you've seen McCarthy take that he should be starting. And that gives us the best chance to win. Unless you're just admitting you want to punt on a season in which we're five and oh because it's more important to develop McCarthy for next year, in which case I think you're a lunatic. We are undefeated <laughs> and the Big Ten Championship is well within our grasps. I mean, if not, the Rose Bowl is well within our grasps. Like everything and anything you could want is right there on the table. And Cade McNamara has earned it. Like we were talking about this. I've broken down every incompletion now looking at it at this point. And I think he's thrown maybe two dangerous passes. And one of them was in this game to Donovan Edwards. Could have been picked off over there on the left hash. It was a little bit risky. Um, and then the other ones, he's either been hit as he's throwing them or they've been in a place where nobody else is catching them. Like it's yeah, not going to get on the receivers, like Dalen Baldwin not recognizing zone covers right. and settling down. Yeah, a lot of that. And there's a lot that are on the receivers. There's a lot that if you're throwing to Nico or Ronnie Bell, our completions, and he's he's way up higher in his completion percentage and his totals. So, like, a lot of this is not having Ronnie Bell. If we had Ronnie Bell, like, look out. I mean, I would be right now, I would be like, no one's beating us. No one's beating he us. Lost, he lost his number one receiver and the guy he had the most chemistry with game one. Like, yes, immediately. He threw, he threw, like, 110 yards to his favorite receiver. The guy goes out and then he's adjusting on the fly and looking pretty good doing it. Yeah, so it's... You and I always say Dad Rudock is the best quarterback of this era, and I still put him there. Like, I still leave yeah, him up there. there. But Cade McNamara is the most efficient quarterback of this era. He's not going to th- throw those picks like Rudock could do, like Wilton Spate could do. I'm not even going to – we're not going to discuss Shea Patterson no, on this he, podcast. you and I both like him more than Shea, and Shea was faster by a long shot. Look, I mean, that is, if you want to <laughs> yeah, knock on Cade Mack, he is not fast. Let's talk about that run. We never need to see Cade run more than four yards at one time. Yeah, yeah. I, we always like, why don't you tuck it there, Cade? Ah. I see. That, that's why. You got them, yeah. them Wilton Spate legs. <laughs> this boy couldn't outrun Zach Zinter to a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Zach Zinter, I imagine that man can eat and make a dent in a buffet. That man is pretty quick. I've seen him pull around a rack of ribs. I've seen him pull a few times. No, this conversation is just ridiculous. I love that they can mix them both in without there being any like internal strife or breaking rhythms. Like Cade came back in. JJ got shoved into the end zone by Mikey Sainer still and Hassan Haskins. He was getting in there whether he wanted to or not. Right, 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 right. (laughs) So it's just a good balance right now. I like the way they're doing it. It's not a dual quarterback system, but they're still getting the young guys in there because when you have the transfer portal like it is now, it's important to make Donovan Edwards and J.J. McCarthy a part of this special team. Right, absolutely, and let them know that their time is coming. So we're going to officially address this question to put it to bed so that it's on record. When should J.J. McCarthy first start? No sooner than next season. Agreed. Game one, 2022. Um, And I will still be a Cade Mack fan going into next season, like from what I've seen, unless he falls off of a cliff. I'm still going to be like, man, we got two really good quarterbacks.
but next season will be when I'm like, okay, maybe now it's time to go for that upside. Like, yeah, it's a, a competition then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see. And to the best man, to the victor goes the spoils. So, but no sooner than next year, I'm 100% with you. Um, you know, he's a play away anyway, you know, it, it, all it would take is something to happen to Cade and you're going to get your wish, but just be patient. Enjoy what we got guys. We have a good team that is like it, with what we can do on defense and how we can run the ball. Kate is exactly what I want leading that yeah. team. And understand bad drives and bad plays are going to happen. It's football. Like it's not going to be all sunshines and rainbows. Like before the game, we're texting an hour out. Like I'm, I'm super nervous. I hate this feeling. I hate it. I hate it. But that's the joy of these Saturdays. We're going to be in tight games, especially in the second half of the schedule. Half of them are going to be that way. So enjoy this ride. We have an undefeated team. We're in the top 10, five games into the season. And PFF absolutely loves us. They Some because somebody at somebody PFF went at to Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> We're convinced. But um, all right, actually, let's take a break now. When we come back, we'll do a brief look around the Big Ten. We'll do a little bit of Pro Blue, and then we got Nebraska at night here. Uh, I don't even know what they call their stadium. Probably like the the Corn Husk. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I have no idea. The Pit of Corn. Uh, we'll be there this Saturday. Uh, we'll talk about that more when we get back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. We're back on Out of the Blue. In the second half of this pod, we're going to talk a little bit about what we saw around the Big Ten last week. After we already discussed Michigan 38 over Wisconsin 17. In, uh, man, just a beat down. We just had to talk about it for an extra 20 minutes at the break because that's how excited we were about that. But we got a lot to cover here. So we are moving on. In the Big Ten last week. Penn State continues Indiana's downfall, 24-0. Penn State's defense is legitimate. Um, I don't know what to make of this Indiana team. I think that they probably are a scratch. I don't think they're going to get a bowl game now. But you're not as sold on Penn State as I am. I'm buying them as our toughest game so far. I think they're our third toughest game remaining. I think it's Ohio State because of the history and talent, then Michigan State, then Penn State. But I buy the defense. The defense is very good. I don't buy the offense yet. Don't trust in Sean Clifford, although it was 
uh, first game of the year, struggled with Wisconsin, the 16 to 10 game, and then struggled a little bit with Auburn, who's okay. They're still ranked, but I mean, unless you believe that Bo Nix can be Johnny Manziel week in and week out, I think they're going to, they're going to tumble a little bit. So we'll see. I don't believe in Sean Clifford, but that defense will be a challenge, especially on the road. Yep. Uh, Ohio State, big bounce back game, 52 to 13 over Rutgers. Offense looks like it figured out something in this. Rutgers also was not doing themselves any favors in this. A quick turnover to go down 14 nothing. Then the, the, the wind was just out of their sails. But I mean, tell me if you've heard this before. Ohio State looks susceptible early on in the season, and then it becomes a well oiled offensive machine. Can we just play them first game of the year once? <laughs> it does feel like a recurring nightmare, but this was a big revenge game against Shiano. He'd been on the staff there. So a lot of his like concepts and things were known within the building. So I wasn't too surprised about this outcome. No, no. I mean, and uh, us against Rutgers, we really took our foot off the gas pedal there in that second half. So it probably should have been closer to 40 to, to 20 or something. Yeah, like that. transitive property never applies to football. No, it does not. Uh, I called the, the Western Kentucky over Michigan State. I was wrong. They were able to score on them final on that one. 41, 48-31 Michigan State. Uh, they just couldn't stop Michigan State. Western Kentucky couldn't. But uh you know, maybe showed us something. You can score on Michigan State through the air, so something to be said there. Uh, the rest of the Big Ten, a lot of meh. The only one turtle. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I suppose I need to publicly uh, eat some crow because I said Turtle Tugalavilla is a good quarterback. You said he is not. Five interceptions against mm. Iowa does not help my case. It is the number one pass defense in the nation, and his number one receiver went out on that. Um, I still think he's a quality quarterback. He's young. He's not trying to go pro this year. He's going to be there for a while, and I think he will be just fine. But, yeah, Maryland came back down to earth against Iowa. And then the other one worth mentioning um, is the team that we'll be covering later, and that is an absolute beatdown of the fighting Pat Fitzgeralds by Nebraska. Nebraska's best win of the season, 56-7 to on that one. Um, in, a, in a victory that they needed, but against a Northwestern team that – does it not seem like they basically build like continuously? It's like a three-year build. They get to one season, they're good, and then it's like, all right, now we got to build back up again. <laughs> it's exactly that way. They're the worst team in the Big Ten this year, and probably a year or two they'll be back in the Big Ten championship, just like last season. It's Yeah, it's very bizarre watching Northwestern. They're just a strange anomaly of the Big Ten. But nonetheless, a uh, a good victory for uh, for Scott Frost there, and they have some belief now going into this game. Uh, do you want to actually let's just get into Nebraska. We can do pro blue. We've got off season pods coming up uh, or excuse me. We've got the bye week pod coming up. We'll do a big deep dive on pro blue. Let's let's get into Nebraska here. This is the Adrian Martinez show. He leads the team in passing yards, obviously, and rushing yards. Everything is going to run through him. That's their offense. That's how they're built. They're going to run a ton of read option, even some triple option. So it'll help to have some old school disciplined football, not get too far up into the backfield. And you need to force Martinez to throw the ball under pressure. And that's that's the Nebraska formula. There it is. <laughs> that's it. They've got one guy they like on the outside, and that's Samori Ture. Uh, the transfer from Montana, he's pretty solid, but I mean, I don't, I, I would take Roman Wilson and CJ over him at this point, but yeah. So if you shut him down, you can make them become one dimensional. I don't think this is a good matchup for Nebraska coming into this game. This had trap written all over it after Wisconsin. And then you've got Michigan state kind of coming up down the road. I mean, just where it falls, this has trap game written all over at night in Nebraska, which holds 90,000 plus people. 
it's a it, it seems like trap game but when you look at the x's and o's of this i don't like this matchup for nebraska i think that they probably don't want to see i mean granted their schedule is rough doesn't do them any favors but i have to imagine we're not the team they want to see in need of a victory in order to become bowl eligible here or to get to six wins eventually at three and three now and two of those losses are to ranked teams in the top 11. So the other is Illinois who lost to UTSA is also, it is also a true statement. There is no lie there, sir. They, um, the thing with Nebraska, they played Oklahoma tough. They played Michigan state to overtime. So they'll show up, but I agree with you. This is not a good matchup for them. The way this team is built offensively and defensively, but I think it helps a lot that Nebraska is coming off this huge win. They have a little momentum. So Michigan won't come in just being like, oh, this team just lost to Northwestern. We can coast through this. I think that kind of alerts you to a team success. They're coming on a high and know they have to bring it. It's at Memorial. It's at night. So it sets up for them to be aware for it, to avoid that trap. And over under 40 rush attempts in this game for Michigan. Over. Oh, 40 is a lot, but I think that that's got to be the formula for this game. Uh, Nebraska struggled against the run. If you look at it statistically, they're pretty close to us. I think we're 34th and they're 44th. But like I said, you got to take our um, statistics with a bit of a grain of salt because we've never trailed this season. Cade McNamara has only finished one game and we've had our backups in in uh, four or five games. So yeah. it, it, it's a bit deceiving to look at it just at face value, whereas Nebraska, their first game that they were able to really pull anyone was last week against Northwestern. Other than that, they've, they've kind of had to keep their starters in there. So I don't like their ability to stop the run. And then the, the other part that I really don't like for them, their tackles in this game, their starting tackles that they just switched to last week have a combined six starts. And now you're, you're welcoming in Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo into your building. That right there, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm, I'm picking Michigan to cover. I don't like and, that for them at all. And the Graham Mertz effect, after you get hit a few times, we know Martinez can get jittery in the back, and he is not the prototypical pocket passer that Mertz is. So he's not going to sit in there and slice and dice. He's going to move, try to get around, and he's going to make some errant passes once that happens. So just we saw it a few years ago. You and I were at the game that just massacre in 2018. So you put some pressure on him, put some hits on him, and we didn't even bring up this stat from the Wisconsin game. 29 quarterback dropbacks, 29 pressures. Incredible statistic. Incredible. <laughs> that is a perfect pass rushing ratio for those of you that can't do the math. That is, uh, yeah, that that was, re I mean, and it showed going back and watching that. Like, there was never a clean pocket. At, there was always somebody beating their man. Usually it was Hutchinson or Ojabo, but Hinton and Smith get better every game. I'm yeah. really starting to like those guys on the interior. If there was something about this Nebraska offensive attack that worried me, it'd be that we're going to play a lot of Hill Green and Colson in this, and you do need to be disciplined with that triple option. You yes. need to know who the pitch man is. You need to know who assignment football, and we've got two freshman linebackers that are going to play a lot. Um, and we don't really have anybody. You could put Michael Barrett in there maybe, who actually I, I really like Michael Barrett, but um, – you could put him in there, but you don't really have a seasoned guy that you could put in there like a Joe Bolden that you're like, look, not flashy. Joe Bolden's he's going to know who the pitch man is every time. <laughs> so Josh Ross is going to be huge in this game for calling that defense. Dax Hill's probably going to be closer to the line. I expect big Josh Ross and Dax Hill contributions in this on defense. 
I think so too. And this is the time when the, you don't need as much improv on the defense. You just need discipline. That's all you need. You can't get too excited. Can't get way up the field. And I think with people like Aiden Hutchinson, it'll help a lot who played in that army game in 2019, which came down to the wire. So I think you got to play just stiff football, stay there, just be patient. Don't force any plays and just let them come to you and they'll take care of it. And a big thing with this defense that helps us is this unit can get pressure with just four. So we don't have to blitz and then worry about running to an offside and they're running the read option somewhere else. In 19 against Army, we had to blitz to get pressure. We couldn't get it any other way. So now we're freeing up a few more linebackers to see it and use Barrett, Green, or Barrett and Colson really for that speed. I think they can really negate it. I like that. Um, yeah, we were kind of talking, and we'll do this uh, in the off or the bye week pod, comparing this defensive front to some of our past better defensive fronts. And the fact that we've been able to get consistent pressure against Washington and Wisconsin, both very good offensive lines, using only four, that now we're going against an offensive line that, I mean, their center is pretty tried and true. But other than that, these guys have not played a lot of Big Ten football. I think we're going to be able to get consistent pressure against Nebraska with four guys, which I think is going to make things really hard on their pitch. I think you're going to be able to take the timing off. I think that the strength of our cornerback room is tackling. I think that Vincent Gray is also going to help a lot in this, being out on the boundary for that triple option. Yep. I think he's very stout against the run, and he'll stay put. So, like I said, I mean, all the makings of a trap game, but I just don't like it when you break it down. And then um, on for us on offense, I really, really believe, I mean, everything is setting up for a huge quorum game. Is it not? Quorum or Haskins. I feel like Haskins, Sharon Moore has to, has to challenge this offensive line saying, let's get back to what we did. Let's put up 300 rushing yards, 250 plus, something like that. And excuse me, I expect the heavy attack, especially on the road. You and I discussed this offline. You come out in this game like Rutgers and you put a seven and a half minute drive together first thing down the field, that will suck the air right out of Memorial Stadium. There goes the home field. Right. Yeah. So I think early on, run this ball and just take away that early momentum that they're going to have. It's going to be loud. It's not going to be Penn State white out loud, but it's probably going to be louder than Wisconsin was last week. There was quite a quite a nice smattering of maize and blue in that stadium last week. I don't necessarily know if it'll look like that this week especially at night. So we'll see. So yeah, you got to be able to withstand their early punch. I do think this will be the first game that we trail at some point. I think that maybe early on just that home field advantage. But like you said, if you can put together a drive, especially on the ground, you'll be able to negate that quickly. And I think we will be able to run the ball. And if we can run the ball, I, we've already spent a lot of time talking about Cade McNamara and what they can do with some deep shots. We can be expl explosive or we can be very intentional and methodical. So I think they'll take the methodical approach at least early on and suck the life out of Memorial Stadium. I think so too, man. So this matchup just lines up really well for what Michigan does. Expect that punch from Scott Frost. I'm sure they'll come out wearing the black alternate jerseys. and But they're making the mistake again by having players say, yeah, run the ball on us. Prove it. We'll see. And then Corum's liking the tweets. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. You're just you're really poking this bear here. Yeah, there's two bears on this Michigan team that you don't want to poke. One is Corum on offense, and the other one is Aiden Hutchinson on defense. You're not guys you want to rile up because Michigan, man, here's a question for you. Do we have, and I said coming into this year, we don't have any stars. I was like, we have Hutchinson, and that's it, and maybe we'll see about Hill. Do we actually have the most stars or the most like well-balanced group of stars? I mean, if we had Ronnie Bell, 
this might be the most star-studded attack we've had. Because, I mean, 2016 was not a team of stars at all. It was Jordan Lewis was the only star. Well, Jabril Peppers. Yeah, Jabril Peppers was yeah. on that team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But he was uh, he was young at that point. wasn't had his full powers yet. Twenty eighteen. Well, sixteen. He was. I mean, he was nominated for the Heisman. Oh 16. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. My mistake. My mistake. I'm getting twenty eighteen with Bush mixed. Okay. Up. Okay. My, my apologies. I was thinking Bush. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. So we had we had some stars in twenty sixteen. Lewis and Peppers. Eighteen. You have Winovich and Gary and Bush. On offense, you have Nico and DPJ Higdon went for a thousand. I mean, yeah, but... they're not. They're fringe stars. But yeah. now, like, legitimate stars. Hutchinson and Corum are two of the best doing it. Dax Hill, I think, is going to fly up draft boards. So, oh. I don't know. It's just something to consider. Like, I thought this was not a star-studded team. I am happy to be wrong. Yeah, it's welcomed as well. We, we already talked about Josh Ross, like, burgeoning as well, like the way he's broken through this season. So, yeah, we'll see. A few more games into this. This night game at Nebraska is going to be a fun little test for them. See how they handle this environment. Uh, we were a little bit worried. Cade McNamara's first true road start at Wisconsin, you know, only produced his best football ever. So that worked out well. <laughs> yes, it went swimmingly. I absolutely agree. <laughs> and look, guys, not to look ahead here. You get this. You're at 6-0. and And then you have a bye week in Northwestern before the big one. And, yeah. I mean, look, that is 8-0 very much within your grasp. 7-0 seems likely. I don't want to count my, my chickens before they've hatched. You know, but it, things are trending in a direction that would say we are going to exceed expectations. That's yeah, we exceed expectations. And we could be going into Lansing with college game day, there, top 10 matchup. I mean, as much as I'm upset that Michigan state is so good, I'd rather they're just trash and we get to roll all over them. That's awesome. Like it, it, is, it is, it's awesome. Like that is going to be a ton of fun. Halloween night. Uh, I imagine over under, uh, three heart attacks a piece or cardiac events at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably just have to order like a carton of Marlboro Reds. I don't smoke cigarettes to our listeners, but during games, sometimes the stress just gets the better of me. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the same. The last cigarette I smoked was against Ohio State with you, 2019. <laughs> Stressful time. So, a, a, like a carton, I think, is, you know, nice over under there for me. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely <laughs> fair. All right. Let's get some predictions for this and give me a player of the game. And then I had uh, a few other rumblings from around college football I wanted to touch on before we call it all right players of the game offensively I'm gonna ride with you Blake Corum I think he has struggled more than Haskins in recent weeks Haskins had the two tutties against Rutgers picked up some of the chunk yardage here against Wisconsin I think Corum's due for a big one and defensively we have the rule you can't pick Aiden Hutchinson because it's just not allowed. I'm going to go with a linebacker. I'm going to go with uh, Junior Colson on the oh, outside. Nice. I think he's going to have to set the edge a lot out there and really cover for the pitch man. So, yeah, that's Junior Colson and Blake Corum. And give me Michigan 41-16. Ooh, that's a beatdown. I mean, put it on Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's a better team. I think it's just going to, the run's going to wear down that defense. And once the defense is defeated by the run, they just kind of part like the Red Sea. I like it. Kind of strange. Only a three and a half point spread on this. Vegas thinks that, uh, that win over Northwestern, they're obviously putting some credence into that. I don't see that. Um, I picked the cover pretty, pretty easily with three and a half. I have no problem with that. Uh, I'm with you. It's Blake Corum on offense for all the reasons that you said. I don't think he struggled against Wisconsin. I think in uh, Rutgers, yeah, the backs struggled a little bit in the second half. 
he was actually big for us in uh, against Wisconsin in the few carries that he got. He took a massive hit in the hole. And stayed team, up. And stayed up to their uh, their cornerback, to, uh, what was his name, Kamiko Ture or some shit. That like was that a hit, and they both yeah. got bad into that. Yeah, yeah, you heard that one. That was loud. So, um, he, And he was still effective in that. Like we said, had the great catch there in the end zone to get that first down. So I think that you're absolutely right. He's due. I don't necessarily know how they're going to be able to tackle in space once we get we, we get past their second level. So I'm I'm predicting a big one from Corum and Haskins to be contributing. I think this is going to be a big game on the ground. I'm with you there uh, on defense. I like it. I'm going to roll with the guy, the hot hand. I'm going to roll with Ojabo since we can't take Great Hutchinson. Choice. Yeah, I mean Ojabo's just been coming on and coming on. So let's let's roll with that. I don't think it's- we'll be too far off there. I love that. It's just a rule. We can't pick Aiden Hutchinson. It's just no. too, it's too it's unfair. Too easy. It's unfair. He's always going to be the player of the game. Uh, and as far as score, uh, give me, give me this one, 38 to 20 Michigan, pretty similar to the score against yeah. Wisconsin. Um, I think maybe there could be a scenario where they get up maybe seven or 10 in this. Uh, but I just, I, I think we'll wear them down, especially on defense. I don't see them scoring much in the second half. Yeah. It's a, yeah, and they're going to be stifled. McDonald's, I have too much faith in his scheme and everything and the players' buy-in of it and the execution. Zero penalties against Wisconsin, as we said. So it's really hard to think teams are going to put up a lot of points against them. Very bend, don't break. And they're getting better within the scheme week to week. So you have this one, the team's fairly healthy, pretty much all around besides the Ronnie Bell thing. So, yeah, I expect this one to get out of hand a little bit. We might get out hit again. You know, it's Scott Frost. <laughs> We might get out hit. That's always a danger with that. And if uh, we do beat Nebraska here, which, like we said, we both are predicting that, they've got Minnesota, Purdue, and then it's Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. So assuming they lose to us, you assume they beat Minnesota and Purdue, they've got to get one of Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, or Iowa to be bowl eligible. So I have to imagine that Illinois game is just looming over them. Because now you're going to have to upset somebody. In Wisconsin, maybe they could do that. But Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan are going to be tough. At, and Iowa, those are tough yeah. asks. Like, those are really tough asks for this Nebraska team. And I don't know if he can save his job with five wins. It's it's very difficult. that If they had that one, they'd be sitting in the driver's seat because they could easily beat Minnesota and Purdue in these next week, have eligibility before this gauntlet. But now – could be coaching for his job against Michigan. You get embarrassed on national television in a primetime game. It's not not a good look. That being said, I expect them to pull out all the stops. Nothing would surprise me in this one. I mean, because he's coaching for his job the rest of the way out. He's got to get one of these upsets. He needs a signature win. They're going to want this game badly. We just have to want it more. And Aiden Hutchinson demanded the entire team be in the weight room 10 minutes after practice. So I don't see this as the kind of team that's just going to let up. No, and if Michigan got upset by Nebraska, everything is still in front of them for the Big Ten. Yeah, oh, let's not even say that. It's not happening. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. we're not going to speak that, but it's it's a fact. So it's Scott Frost. It's a lot of history from 97 to 16. It's it's time to lay another one on him. Yeah, yeah. Take, the, take Michigan, take the points. If you're going to take the over or under, I'd maybe go over because I think Michigan will be able to score on Nebraska. Yeah, um, does – so you said Nebraska will have a lead. Does Michigan commit another uh, commit an actual meaningful turnover in this game? I'm going to roll with no until they show me a reason to think that they're going to start turning it over. Like they don't do it very often. I'll roll with no. What do you think? 
I don't think so either. I've never seen Cade McNamara misread a defense. Uh, Joe Milton didn't know cover two from just, you know, one person on the field. So it's very nice to have a quarterback that can diagnose things. I feel good with that. And I don't think one of our backs is going to fumble. If, yeah. if it would be, it would be Edwards just because he's a freshman. Right. Yeah. Joe Milton didn't know cover two from a pair of coveralls. So <laughs> <laughs> now that guy, that guy should switch to tight end while there's still time. But Cade McNamara, I trust him. I trust the ball security of this team. I mean, there's going to be some turnovers eventually, um, yeah. but th there's no reason to believe they're going to just start coughing it up either. So I, yeah, I, I think that this is a, this is a good game for Michigan. All right, before we get out of here, a moment, does urban Meyer finish the season as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach? after yet another scandal from the the leadership uh, and what was it leadership and culture minister leadership and character character there it is uh, uh i'm going to say yes i do think it's funny how jim harbaugh got a lot of heat for saying controversy follows him wherever he goes like oh are you gonna say this blah blah, blah. it's true because it's controversy follows him wherever he goes it's a blatant fact. So yeah, Urban Meyer, you know, being confirmed to be a scumbag, you know, it's nice to see. Look, if I were writing like a Netflix series, I'd be like, look, we need to let the audience know this guy's kind of a dick, maybe a bit of a villain. I'd be like, all right, maybe he knows about a murder and like lets it slide, and then he cheats on his wife with a co-ed and has to leave, and then maybe at the next place he also gets fired under disgraceful circumstances, and then he cheats on his wife again. Like, is that scummy enough? You'd be like, yeah, that's that's pretty scummy. I get it. He's a villain. The man is a villain. <laughs> Just flat out. He can coach football at the college level. We'll see about the NFL. I think he makes it through the season, though. What do you think? I would, I would say no. I love it. I would say no, not necessarily because of the issue with the co-ed, but because all the reports coming out of that building are that he lost the locker room before the season started because he has like mental breakdowns where he screams at people and then acts like he's having like like a, a health problem like he's done in the past. And people are like, this dude is like he's a lunatic. No one's really buying into it. So I, ju I just think he's lost the locker room. Well, he didn't address the team as a whole with speaking to position groups and there was all these closed door stuff. Like it just feels very sneaky, conniving. Dude, and also he went to Cincinnati for that game. You lose and then you don't fly home with the team because sorry guys, you guys go home. I got to cheat on my wife. <laughs> Sweet, bro. It's uh, you know, it's not what you want. So if you're looking for the, the culture at Michigan was improved this year with the players and we don't have to worry about our coach making headlines for the wrong reason. He climbs trees like, yeah, big, big deal. I don't care. I love climbing trees. You get a couple drinks in me. I'm there. I'm climbing that tree. You see that tree over there? I don't care. <laughs> Go up it right lovely. now. Yeah. <laughs> Stay out of the headlines. Yeah. So I'm with you, man. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, yeah, next week we, you know, we'll be back for some Nebraska coverage. Then we've got bye week. I'm excited. We'll do some uh, bye week. Comes at a good time this year. Right in the middle of the season, I like it's going to break things up for us. Team gets some rest. Don't really need it that much, but I'm sure there's some bumps and bruises, and you know, breaks it up nice and nice and easy for us. I like this. And sweet. This I like it. This pleases me. This pleases me. All right, that's going to do it for Out of the Blue. Make sure that you like, share, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever. You can follow us on Twitter, at Maze and Brew. I am Jared. That is Andy. This is Out of the Blue. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue.